to get squiffy, do we, as a church? We want to stay the course, don't we? To maturity and to be fruitful and to multiply. So, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, just to set the scene. So Paul opens his letter to this church that was in difficulty. He said this, May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. I've never noticed that before. It says God has done this to deliver us from this present evil world. I remember it so clearly. Um, Sue uh, had an operation. She had cancer and um, things were going well. And uh, she was going through a chemo um, and they upped her dosage for chemo. And um, unexpectedly, she had a huge reaction to the higher dosage. And uh, uh, Barney drove us into the hospital in London. And after four or five hours of um, being in this emergency ward in the cancer unit, um, loads of blood tests. Um, they decided she needed to be moved to intensive care. And as we were going out, um, there's a train of people behind. I mean, I think it was five nurses and a doctor. Uh, um, he was holding up the rear, and I walked with him. And he just turned to me and he said... Um, your wife's in a bit of a pickle. I thought, that's, an under that's a funny phrase to use. Your wife's in a bit of a pickle. Paul, in this letter to the Galatian church, he was saying, after a fashion, church in Galatia, you are in a bit of a pickle. You've got things upside down and back to front. I'm trying to say he got the knickers in his twist, but I can't say that in this church. So. But they, they were really getting messed up. And I want to look at that today because it's important that, that as this church grows and matures, we don't get messed up. So it's a bit of a father's heart here because we're doing so well, so well. But I look around across the globe, there are, there are things not always good as they should be, even with Christian leaders. But we want to run the course, don't we? We want to do well. We don't want to get caught out and tripped up. So Paul writes this, he said, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you for... For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you, as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed in the message and heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? 
You see, the Galatian church was in a bit of a pickle. Richard Lovelace, in his classic book, The Dynamics of Spiritual Life, wrote this. Christians so easily can fall away from the full understanding of the gospel into cheap grace, legalism, and moralism. And I would put an addition to that, externalism. You see, this church was trying to become, or these Christians in this church were trying to become more acceptable by earning God's favour and approval through an legalistic approach to outworking their faith. It doesn't work. Legalism doesn't work. It can't deliver you from this present evil age in which we live. It's powerless to bring internal transformation and bring freedom from, from that which you know is wrong. It just brings a sense of despair, does legalism, that we must try harder to keep acceptable to the Lord. No, no. <coughs> you see, they were reverting back to trying harder to become more acceptable to God through good behaviour. After Jesus had died for their sins, after they had been born again by the Holy Spirit, and now they've become sons and daughters of God. I mean, what more do you need? <laughs> what more do you need? Paul even writes to them, and, and he says, who's cast a spell on you? It's almost like a, an evil thing that was happening in the church at Galatia because Satan hates the church and he likes to bring people into bondage and, to, and division. But we're persuaded of better things here. You can almost hear the heart of the Father crying from heaven, my children, remember who you are. Because they were getting into trouble. My, my children, remember who you are. You're my sons and daughters. You're heirs. You're heirs of the kingdom. You've not come to a set of religious rules and regulations, but a precious, precious intimate relationship through faith in me by my spirit, I've adopted you. And I said earlier in the meeting, just thank you for what you shared about adoption. It was so helpful the other, the other week. You see, we have been born again. Those of us that know Jesus Christ have been born again by the Holy Spirit. There's something different about us, real Christians. We are different. Now remember who you are. You're already accepted. They were trying to be more accepted by God by trying harder, by keeping a religious set of rules, do's and don'ts. You can't become more accepted than you are as a son and daughter of God, born again by the Holy Spirit. You're his kids. You're his kids. I love this verse in Galatians 4.4. 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Did you know God wanted to adopt you? Every one of you here, God wants to adopt you as his own kid. Because we are his children, God, this is interesting, God, because we are his children, God has sent, into, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts. Because you're a son and daughter of God, God has sent his spirit in to live in you. Prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. 
Now you are no longer a slave, hallelujah, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Amen. <laughs> oh, my word. If you have truly repented, if you're looking for freedom today, if you committed looking for freedom and peace and a meaningful life, if you have truly repented, this is a way. If you've truly repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus' death, his blood cleanses you and you are fully accepted by the Father God. Full stop. Full stop. So please understand that we are being transformed to become more like Jesus from a position of acceptance and delight in our Heavenly Father. He delights in you. And now he's transforming you to become more like Jesus in every way. I mean, one day we'll, we'll become like him because we'll see him as he is. We'll, be a, we'll become more like, be totally like Jesus. But until that time, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And that's what we call sanctification. Floyd McClung, the, um, who wrote The Father Heart of God, he said this, one of the most wonderful revelations in the Bible is that God is now our Father. What security that brings. This revelation of who we are, it changes us deeply, profoundly. I was talking to a dear friend recently, and he said, my dad died when I was eight years of age. And I said, well, how did you have a, how did you grow an understanding of a father then, as God could be your father? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. God sends his spirit into our hearts to reveal the father to us. No matter how patchy your relationship has been with your earthly father, no matter how perfect it's been, it won't be the same quality as God the Father, image of himself. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts when we become Christians, and he starts that rebuilding process and a revealing to us what true fatherhood is really about. So you could have a lousy earthly father and bring up your children in the most magnificent way in terms of understanding fathering, because you God is giving, the Father is giving you a model deep within, being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, that you can be an excellent father and an excellent mother. You, you may be thinking, those Galatians, I would never be so stupid to exchange God's fathering for a set of rules that try to win his favour back. What can happen to us if we start to drift from God as, as his son and daughter? It is possible to get messed up. If you only have to look around you. And I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, I think we're doing great. We we'll continue to do great. But when we started the church here, um, we've been on a journey. And I want to thank you. I'm no longer in leadership, so I can say that now. Where are you, Bonnie? I can... But I want to thank you for running that race and staying close to Jesus. But it's been with great sadness at times where 
Odd people, or people, not odd people, but the odd person has stopped following Jesus and stopped walking by the Spirit. And things happen, things do in secret, and they develop, and they get hoodwinked by Satan and separated. And it's almost like Christ is no longer being formed in them because they're not, it becomes externalism. You can sing the songs and do all that, which is great. But then if there's a secret side, it will end in pain for you and those around you. So I can understand what Paul was saying when he was saying, foolish Galatians, don't, don't eject this fundamental truth that you are children of God and you're being God's intention is that you become more like Jesus. I'll give him, I've given my spirit to you to transform you to become like him, both publicly and privately. We don't have to earn brownie points with our Heavenly Father. We're accepted by him. And if you're, if you're a real Christian... The scripture says, your name is written on the palm of God's hand. Now, he doesn't have a biro. Right? But when Jesus died on the cross, the nails went through his wrist. One translation says, his, his, your name is gouged out into his hands. That's a metaphor. But saying how deeply you are loved as a son and daughter of God. You're so secure. Rick Warren, um, famous Christian in America, leader of mega church, he said this, so good. Unconditional love will turn a loser into a winner. You have no idea how many times your heavenly father has wanted to reach out and grasp you in his arms when you felt like you've blown it. Maybe you're here today, you're trying to work it all out, but you've lived a life of rejection because you've been rejected, and it's developed a mess. Perhaps it's not been your fault, but you've developed a, inside your mess because you've been rejected for so many times in so many ways. I mean, I was told by my sister when I was in my 30s, oh, you were a mistake. I didn't know that. <laughs> you were a mistake. Now, the great thing is, is that God, the Holy Spirit, works in me to bring that security. Now, I wasn't a mistake. I was born again by the Holy Spirit. And that brings a transformation to us. And if you here today, you're coming here and you, you've suffered rejection upon rejection, and you think, what is the answer? I'm, I'm coming here just to, to, as, as a last throw of the dice. The answer... Is come to Jesus Christ and he will give you a new life, a peace that you could never appreciate. And you'll discover that God is for you, not against you. And God wants to love on you. He wants to give his, a fresh start and give his Holy Spirit. From this day on, you can know, for the rest of your life, you can know you're not only accepted, but you're loved. And God has a plan and purpose for your life. That is a gospel. That is a gospel.
from a place of unconditional love, God starts a transformation of us growing in godliness. And that's God's intention for us, to grow in godliness. And what? Can you mention, can you think of a higher thing than that? It's going to be godly than famous. Be more fruitful. Have you ever asked your children, when they get it wrong, this question? Um, would, you, would you please come and sit down here for a moment and tell me why you did that? You can ask that in two ways, can't you? Um, come and sit down here, and I want to know why you did that. We were joking earlier. I never asked Barney like that. He never did anything wrong. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. No. <laughs> but you can ask it a different way. Son, daughter, come and sit here. I want to, uh, let's have a conversation. Why did you do that? Why do you behave in that? Why are you getting into that? Why are you pursuing that? There's no condemnation in that. And that's how your heavenly father works to transform you from one degree of glory to another. Because you're accepted and you're loved, you're his child. So he can walk with you through to maturity from a place of acceptance. To, and it may be. I'm pressing on this because I think it's a word of knowledge. It may be there's a, a spiritual root, a spiritual root there's a stronghold there in something you've been doing and you, you can't get closure on it. It's like a cyclical thing. And some days you're all right, some months you're all right, but then you go back into it. But God wants to get to the tap root today. With you. And he does it from a place of utter love, utter acceptance, so that you can get freedom. But the truth will set you free because it's God's, the Holy Spirit's intention that you get freedom because you're his son, daughter, you're an heir of Jesus. That's your, your destiny is to get freedom and victory. So if that is you, come and at the end, if we could pray for you. Because it, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he brings healing. But Anna will know this from your work, not because you're personal. <laughs> that sometimes the presenting issue is not the root issue. And it may be the root, the presenting issue, you think, that's the issue in my life. It may be a deeper issue is the root and God wants to deal with the root the deeper issue and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus see our father in heaven doesn't torture us when we come back to him having blown it in, 2 Titus, in Titus 2 it says this the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's beautiful. The grace of God teaches us to say no. Now, as far as I'm aware from reading that, that's a process, isn't it? It te teaches us. It disciples us. It disciplines us. That's beautiful, to say no. So you learn to say no to things that are going to harm you, 
But it's, it, you learn that process from a place of utter acceptance by your Heavenly Father. So that anger that keeps blowing up to your partner, to your friend. The grace of God, from a place of acceptance, wants you to get breakthrough on that. And he will help you by his spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, and especially the, those besetting sins. That's why you want to ask him to reveal the root cause of this, because it's a spirit of counsel, a spirit of revelation. You see, spending time with the Holy Spirit from a place of acceptance brings breakthrough, because he can reveal stuff to us. We weren't even aware of ourselves. Selfish ambition. Why, why are you pursuing that? It may be you're just desperate for approval that goes way, way back. Jesus can set you free from that. And when you're accepted by your Heavenly Father, you're already a winner. You don't have to constantly be, try to prove yourself. Paul could foresee... Getting back to the Galatian church, Paul could foresee they were heading for trouble because they were trying to do sanctification in their own strength. And it became, the danger, if we get disconnected in our daily walk with God, it becomes externalism. And externalism is really dangerous because you can look one thing but actually be something else when you're on your own. And you were born for better things than trying to impress people. Or impress God. You can't impress God. You just cannot impress him. He loves you. So why do you need to impress God? And that's, that sets you free when you know God loves you. And he's for you. Paul could foresee what, where they were heading. And he, I don't even need to read them out. In chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. All the, all the things they could get back into. They've been delivered from. But now they were getting back into but that's not what he's called us to. He has given us, as sons and daughters, everything we need for life, everything we need for life and godliness. He's given it to us. Oh, Johnny, it's lovely to see you. Is that Johnny there? Yeah, he's not feeling very well. Okay. Father, we pray for Johnny right now. Then we thank you for his contribution to church life. How he's fathered so many. We pray that he would feel a bit better as we're, even as we're in your presence now. We honour him. Amen. You see, we're born again as spiritual babies, but it's not the Father's intention that we remain babies. Children, yes, but babies, no. Unfortunately, it's possible to grow old as a Christian but without growing up as a Christian. Our Heavenly Father intends us to grow up to be like his son, Jesus. In Galatians 4, 19, he writes this, and you can feel the, I can feel the heartache in, in, in this apostolic father. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Oh, oh. You don't have to live like that. Because this is who you are, and this is what I've given you. You're accepted, you're loved, 
and my spirit is within you. Don't quench the spirit, my son, my daughter. You see, in this generation, it's possible to be resource-rich but relationship-poor. You know, we have at our access now, I mean, you could listen to any preach that's been going on in the world last week. Today, you could just... You've got as much worship songs as your new Spotify account can cope with. We've just gone to Spotify, very pleased. Yeah. At last, at last, Arsenal's not winding us up. Why do you have those CDs? <laughs> See, you, you know, this is what I, this is, this is my son. <laughs> I love him. I love my daughter too, just as much. I've thrown off my course. No. <laughs> Look, we've got everything we need for life and godliness, and the most important thing we need for life and godliness is not another download. Actually, it is. It's been downloaded, the Holy Spirit's presence in us every morning. That's what we need for life and godliness, to walk in the Spirit day by day. And it's given to us. He, sorry, it. It's not that it is a He. He has been given to us. And his task from the Father is to produce you and I to maturity. And we work with that. We, we, we do life together, me and the Holy Spirit. And one of the main reasons, one of the main ways, rather, in which we can develop in our relationship with the Holy Spirit is this. And you can find it in... Galatians 5.13. It says, we have been called, this Paul, right into this church. Who was gonna, some of them were going to get into a real pickle. We, we have been called to live in freedom. But do not allow the freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Yes, you still have a sinful nature. Well, I thought my sinful old man had died. Yeah, but you keep your foot on the coffin lid. But rather let the Holy Spirit daily guide your life. Then we won't be doing what our sinful nature wants. And that's the key. It's, it's, not, it's not clever. It's simple. Our daily life, we let the Holy Spirit guide it. That means connecting every day with the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He wants to talk with you. We, I hope you want to talk to him. Because he will lead you into truth. He will strengthen you. He will comfort you. He will remind you what Jesus said. When Jesus died, before he died on the cross, the last night he said, um, with his disciples, he said, when the counsel of the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will bring to remembrance the words that I have spoken to you. Why well, I shared that story about Sue um, at the beginning of this story? Um, when we're walking along, and senior doctor said, your wife's in a bit of a pickle. I could have gone down the tubes then. The Holy Spirit brought to remembrance a verse. I didn't even know where it was. I must have read it sometime, somewhere, because it said, God will deliver you. He will keep delivering you. He will keep delivering you. 
I found out later it was, where was it, sweetheart? 2 Corinthians 1.10. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. Um, your wife's in a bit of a pickle. Lord, that's what you said to us the other week. I'm going to stand on that word because I believe the Holy Spirit is for me. He brings to remembrance the things of God. I didn't even know I'd written, read those verses because day by day, as a discipline, because discipline is good, as a son and daughter, uh, I, I, we study the Bible. Sometimes together, sometimes on our own. But we make sure we get the word of God into us. Because your word is a lamp to a light to a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You see, we have moments of crisis in our life because it's life. But with the Holy Spirit, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. How do I illustrate this? Who's got their mobile phones on them today? Can you stick your hand up? Come, be honest, it's not a trick. I mean, most of us have, haven't we? Because we need now, in this modern communication age, we, if we don't bring our mobile phone, we feel lost, don't we? Oh, my word. Or even worse, you've got your mobile phone and you've not charged it up because you plugged it in but didn't put the switch down. And you're going out and think, oh, no. But I think it's a lovely illustration of a phone, a mobile phone, I think the Holy Spirit's given it to me. How we can live with the Holy Spirit daily in our lives. Every morning, get the phone out, plug in, and get charged up. Simple. So I, I, we, I do that. Um, Sue does that. She has her chair. I have my different room. And, but I get first thing I do. Actually, second thing. Coffee first, shower next. And I get in the shower... And I say, Holy Spirit, oh, fill me again today. I want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. I want to listen to you. I, I, I want to be available. I want you to grow me. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my day today. Let my day become a part of your day. Then I read. And I go and have another coffee and sometimes a bacon sandwich if I'm well behaved. And so, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a simple discipline. See, discipline is good. Legalism is bad. And so he wants you, without doing, without fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, you won't know him as much as you should, as much as you could. Well, I'll, I'll just talk with him in the car. Yeah, that can be a bit dangerous, can't it, really? Especially when people try to look at the phones driving. Talk with him through the day. But have that precious time where, Lord, it's just you and me. You speak into my life today. When you read the Bible, Lord, speak to me through this. And sometimes you read and you don't get anything. <laughs> Go about your day. But then something happens and this verse comes to mind. How did I know that? And you tell, that's where it is. That's amazing because it's a living relationship through the scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit will transform your life. And there's a call on us, church, in these days, in this present evil world, more than ever, to live intentionally 
spirit-filled lives to produce a, to produce a fruitfulness that we need. The fruit of the spirit. I mean, what happens is quite remarkable. I mean, you put a, if you put an apple tree in your allotment, which we've done, put the manure in, water it, it begins to grow. Then blossom begins to grow. And as long as icy rain doesn't take off all the blossom, the fruit begins to grow. And you think, God, how big the, the, the apples and pears are growing. The Holy Spirit produces in us over a period of time the fruits of the Spirit. That's a process. He doesn't gift it to you just like that. Zoom. Be gentle. Be long-suffering. Be loving. Be faithful. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful process. And so your family begin to notice it. Your bank manager begins to notice it. <laughs> because you're communicating the life of God wherever you go. And even your kids begin to notice it if you have children. And it will recreate in us, church, as we, as sons and daughters, we enjoy the benefits of being his children, all the security that brings, and all the relationship that brings to the Father, it brings, produces in us a Christ-likeness which will change the world. That's what God's intention is for you, being born again by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, living out the Spirit's life every day. I mean, what's the problem in that? No problem. It's a joy to be his son and daughter. So as a son and daughter of the king, we now have a choice. We no longer must give into our old sinful nature. It's what Paul was telling the Galatians. We now have been given a new nature. You've been given a new nature where we can choose to follow the desires of the Holy Spirit to give us, which are opposite to our old nature. Yes. And that brings about a, a growing godliness into our lives, which will be transformational in our world. And does anybody want to say, Amen, I'll have some of that. <laughs> it's free. It's free.